And it sure is this candle burn And if you're lost Begged you Finished you Welcome to Bridge Track by Track, I'm your host Darren, and today we're going to be talking about Into the Light from Chaos and Disorder, recorded February 1996 at Paisley Park and released on the 9th of July 1996. On the track we have Prince, Michael B, Sonny T, Mr Hayes, Tommy Barbarella, that is one, two, three keyboard players. Uh, we have Rosie Gaines and the MPG Horns. The track is 2.46, and joining me to talk about it today is Nam again. Hello, Noel. Hello, Darren. Now, um, in terms of genre, I think I might say... Uh, I don't know. To me, it feels kind of like a power ballad. Yeah, um, that's what I. Yeah, I, I would akin it to like. I, I'll be honest. Before you sent this track to me, I had never heard it. I was un, uh, unfamiliar <laughs> with it. And at the beginning, I would never have assumed that it was a Prince song because it sounded more to me like, you know, like a kind of a, like a seventies rock ballad, like a "Come Sail Away." Where you know it sort of has yeah. a, a tinkly piano bit at the beginning, and then it sort of builds into it, and then the guitars come in, and it has that yeah. kind of vibe. And even the vocals didn't sound quite as princey as I would have usually. <laughs> it's, it's so many things about it are like not the prince I'm familiar with. Like even the, uh, the, I've, the I've, in my notes, I've written the title, and instinctively I wrote into digit two the light because that's what <laughs> prince would do and then i look at it it's like oh no he's written it properly this time because and then yeah. it's like oh no it's, oh, it's a completely <laughs> different man now and the funny thing is like a few years later he had an album that's called rave uh, unto the joy fantastic and he does put uh, un2 mm. so he did do that later on yeah so yeah it is unusual that, that, that there's no number two one of the very rare cases of prince not doing that um, you know, because I would have expected a two there, but uh, no, he didn't. Mm. Um, apparently, this was influenced by a, uh, a um, like a book called "Embraced by the Light" by this author uh, Betty Eady, um, which is um, it's a book about near death experiences, which I guess kind of you know obviously go into the light. Yeah. You know, don't don't go into the light as if you want people to stay alive. Um, so this kind of whole like the near death experience of you know going into a dark tunnels, seeing a bright light, all that kind of stuff. Um, you know that that you know the kind of feeling of um, you know floating, all that all that kind of description of what a near death experience is comes from this particular book. Yeah. Um, you know, a lot of which has been attributed to. Um, certain things that the brain does when you are going into, uh, you know, when you're being uh, anesthetized. Yeah. Um, uh, so, you know, some of that has been kind of debunked, but certainly the kind of the description of it is something that you could kind of feel as an influence on this particular song. Um, you know, uh, where Prince, interestingly enough, um, <laughs> uh, the city I live in has a motto, which is out of darkness cometh light. Mm. So, the opening lyrics of this, where it says "from out of the darkness before there was time," I'm thinking, "Oh, out of the darkness." That's that's the town's motto. <laughs> <laughs> like it, it's just something that kind of sticks out to me. Yeah. Um, you know. Uh, but yeah. So you know, Prince, like you say, yeah, it does start off quite quiet with the piano, uh, and then like the whole band come in. Um, you know, some nice drumming from Michael B as well. Uh, in what is a comparatively short song, you know, it's it's only it's only you know barely three minutes. Yeah. Um, you it's, know, it's... so for it to go from this kind of opening transition of being quiet to the whole band comes in and then you know it's there's a lot of production going on. Yeah. Um, it know, does have that uh, that bit. Like I'm sure you'll address it, but like it's one of those songs. It's kind of like it's almost it's not 
designed to be listened to by itself because it's joined with another track. Like it's yes, it's a, yeah. a bit like you know Led, Zeppel- Led Zeppelin's you know um, Living Love and Made and the Heartbreaker forever in some people's heads because those two songs blend together so well on the album. When they're not yeah. when they're separated, it's a bit like oh yeah, Heartbreaker's just ended and it's just abruptly cut, <laughs> and you're like what what the hell? <laughs> where's the where's the rest of the song? Oh wait, no, that was two different songs. So, um, yeah, yeah. So yeah, the second half of the song essentially turns into "I Will," which I mean, I said this about the, the like the, the songs on the first side. When you when you have um, the same December, "Right the Wrong," and "Zanily," they all tend to kind of merge into one song because they're all roughly the same tempo and they have the same kind of production. Um, and I think that whenever I used to listen to this on uh, on cassette, I remember like listening to. Um, I mean, I rock, therefore I am bizarrely enough it's not really a rock song it's it's kind of almost like a, a rap song um and so that's kind of quite distinct but then into the light kind of blends into i will yeah um and and yeah you're right they are kind of like the two halves of one song um, and this song does kind of feel like it abruptly finishes <laughs> um but you know i, I like the, the, what's weird is i think that um you know uh it, i will was recorded like months before and in a complete and doesn't have even the same band on there so like it's it's weird that prince kind of put those two songs together on the album mm. um you know but like i say you know prince basically he's describing a near-death experience because he says from out of the darkness before there was time there came a sound that enters your mind through a door that's deep in your soul through every pore of your body it goes and in a light too bright to behold is a truth more shiny than gold yeah uh, and as sure as this candle burns (laughs) and and he sings that kind of going down the scale yeah Uh, he says every soul must return into the light yeah of of all the the tracks like i've covered on here this is the one that's the most overtly religious that that's like there's other yeah. ones that have hinted at it, but like oh there's a religious subtext there but this is this is something that and it's one of the things that's kind of slightly put me off the track is that it's a bit this is basically it's like a christian rock song like i wouldn't be surprised if, <laughs> yeah. if you went to like an evangelist church and they had like the hip band you know like playing <laughs> yeah. this like it's, it doesn't and the fact that it even has the word glory in it it's like oh Oh, he's talking about the glory. There it is. That's that's a, a staple <laughs> of your Christian rock songs. So uh, yeah, and then, I mean, I, I like as well because he says in a truth more shiny than gold. And obviously, the previous album before this was the Gold Experience, and the title track was Gold. Yeah. So it almost seems like he's kind of like you know, there's there's something that's better than gold. And in the in in that track, he was kind of almost trying to do like a another Purple Rain type song. So it's, it feels a little bit like not that he's slighting the song Gold, but it just feels like one of these weird kind of things where it's like you know he's now talking about like something being you know more shiny than gold, mm. and, and you can't help but think about that track and and you know maybe it, the, kind of like where, what this track is saying about that. Yeah, but, um, but I I do I do like the as sure as this candle burns because the way he sings that and the kind of the way it kind of goes down the scale. Uh, you know, with the kind of keyboards following him as well, it's it's like a nice little bit of production. You know, so so many staples of like uh, you know, the religious songs in there because even they're saying like, is a truth more shiny than gold? Is it the fact that like the truth is one of these? Oh, the truth, the truth. Have you heard the truth? And all the, that that's very <laughs> religious, like it, yeah. almost indoctrination kind of speech. Like that's a. This is I mean, of, and also saying you know, in a light too bright to behold. So you know, obviously. Um, if you have seen the film Dogma, 
Um, in that film, a character played by Alan Rickman, he plays uh, Metatron, which is the voice of God. Yeah. Because if God spoke, he would basically, you know, blow your head up. Mm. And so this the kind of saying, a light too bright to behold, that, that kind of sounds like it's saying that's how you, you will see God is because yeah. he's so pure. <laughs> he is a light too bright to behold. So that feels like a kind of... Uh, like a, a little bit of a religious reference there as well. Mm. Um, well yeah. I we'll also know that uh, according to Kevin Smith, the prince was quite the fan of dogma as well. So <laughs> yes. Kind of an appropriate... Although, yeah. Although obviously, you know, Prince's recounting of dogma uh, didn't jibe with, with the film that Kevin Smith felt yeah. he had made. <laughs> so maybe he, he, he saw selected parts of it. Mm. Um, yeah. And in the second kind of verse, like I say, this is a very short song. So there's, you know, the chorus is only really into the light repeated twice. Although, Although saying that, you know, you have Prince, you have, you know, Rosie singing it. I think you've also got a couple of the other guys in the band doing backing vocals as well. And, you know, it's, you know, it sounds really nice. You know, like it's only the words into light repeated twice, but it's still it's sung really well. Yeah. Um, you know, and then we get from out of the light, there comes a story. Open your mind and feel the glory. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, it has taken a very much more religious turn. Yeah. Uh, what's what's the hurry to die without trying? If you could sell your worries, and of course, this is where we get the echo, sell your worries, mm. <laughs> which I love the way Prince sings that. Would anyone buy them? That's uh, a, that, and then, of course... That's a, the, the line I didn't quite understand. I was like, what's the what's the hurry to die without trying? So I was like, that, that, the guy, you know, I was, I was just some sort of dig at, like, you know, people who have kind of daredevil lifestyles who are, or something like that. But that se- it seems to be the opposite. It's like, to die without trying. It's yeah. But like, laying about through complacency but then that that doesn't sound like you're in a hurry so i wasn't too sure what he was going for there i thought that was a bit of a i'm i mean obviously the catholic church has deemed that suicide is a a cardinal sin yeah so that feels to me like an oblique reference to that like, oh so you're saying it's like without trying at a better life kind of thing yeah it's oh. like you know i think obviously the worry that the church had and this is something that kind of comes from medieval times is when explained that, you know, if you die, you go to meet your maker and, you know, you know, you live in God's love forever and it's a glorious place and all that kind of stuff. People thought, well, what am I doing here in medieval England then? This seems like a very terrible place to live. I think I'll just kill myself and go meet God. <laughs> and, you know, so obviously to kind of put a, a lid on that kind of happening, that, you know, the Catholic Church had to say, no, 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 if you do that, you go straight to hell. So, you know, <laughs> don't don't commit suicide to try and go to heaven. It's not going to work. Mm. Um, you know, it's like a loophole that they had to kind of close up. Uh, so, I mean, that's uh, that, to me, that line has always seemed like a very oblique reference to that of like, you know, you have to live a good life. You can't just decide to end your life <laughs> to go to heaven. You know, there's no shortcuts. Uh, but even then, like, kind of, if you could sell your worries, would anyone buy them? Yeah. To me, that just always brings to mind the Seinfeld episode where George is trying to make a, like, he's trying to make a phrase happen, and he keeps saying, shove your shove your worries in a sack or something. Oh, that's like, right, yeah. You can shove your sorries yeah. in a sack, mister. Yeah, and that makes, and that, it's not worries, but it's sorries, isn't it? But it still makes me think about that a little bit, like, of, you know, someone trying to sell their worries, and it's like... I don't understand what you're saying there, Prince. Um, you know, and the fact that he repeats the line "sell your worries" yeah. uh, is is such a it's such a weird kind of it puts a weird emphasis on it. Where I'm like, oh, okay, I don't quite understand what you're trying to say there. Um, and then he says, "And for every flower that grows, even a baby knows that as sure as the candle must burn, every soul must return into the light." Yeah, into the light. So what you know? I thought was uh, sort of odd about that was. You know, in fact, he's mentioning like, oh, even a baby knows, and then like every soul must return into the light. It kind of thought to me is like, oh, it's, 
you know, it's that kind of thing of like, well, before you're born, where is your soul and whatnot? And it's like, is he trying to suggest that, you know, you re- when you return into the light, is something that like, well, baby would know that you just come from the light into life, and then yeah. when you die, you return to the light, which is kind of contradicted at the beginning of the, so- the song when from out of the darkness just, and all yeah, this. Yeah, from out of like, the darkness. Yeah. So it was like, well, if there's, you know, you return to the light. Where was this darkness in the first place? <laughs> what, what, what was going on there, Prince? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it yeah it does it does I mean it feels like one of those things. I mean, obviously, like I said, the influence of this is kind of the description of near death experiences, um, you know, and and kind of going into the light in that sense. Um, so yeah, I don't. I think the light in this case is defined as two different things, like the darkness and the light. In the in the first half, I think is referring to God, uh, and possibly you know God's love or His presence um, being too bright to behold. And then the kind of the returning into the light is, you know, maybe just the light of heaven, which is a different light. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, you know, the whole near death experience thing has been debunked so many times. Um, you know, people have been able to recreate it by putting people under anesthesia and, you know, um, stimulating certain parts of the brain. So, you know, I, I feel like that's not really a good basis for a song. But obviously, you know, Prince is kind of taking it in more of a spiritual direction anyway, yeah. rather than kind of relating it to a specific near death experience. Um, though of course you know maybe that's what the what's to what's you know what's the hurry to die maybe like of you know going into the light too early um you know I, what's interesting is later prince would record a song called baby knows um so it's funny that he says even a baby knows here because it just <laughs> makes me think of that later song which is not about a a baby in a child sense it's about a baby in a grown woman <laughs> sense so because it was prince i assume that's what he like he would have meant later on it's like oh ba- yeah him saying baby knows is more like oh i'm uh, <laughs> Just knowing the man is like, yeah, you know, yeah. <laughs> I don't think it was an it's a ter- yeah, yeah. It's a term of affection rather than an identifier of age. Yeah. Um. But yeah. So I mean, then like we said, you know, the song kind of finishes abruptly because it then it, it kind of transitions through some pianos into the song "I Will," um. You know, and it kind of if you're listening to them together, it does feel like they are just the same song. Like there's there was a point for many, many years where I'm almost certain I could, if you'd have asked me to like tell the difference between the two songs, I really wouldn't have been able to say because they kind of merge together so seamlessly. Um, and also the fact that like um, I think I will is like five minutes long and this is like two, you know, just under three minutes long. And it kind of does feel like this isn't a fully finished song. It's only two verses. The chorus is only one line. Mm. Like, there's not a substantial amount to it. Although, interestingly, you know, Prince says every pore of your body in this song. Like, I like I don't know that he's ever referred to the pores on a skin before now. So <laughs> that's an interesting thing for me. I'm like, okay, Prince, that's getting a bit like kind of, you know, kind of getting onto the, the very details of, uh, of what's going on. But yeah, I mean, I, I think... You know, it is like you say. It does kind of have the feel of like a Christian rock ballad, basically. Yeah, very um, much so. You know, yeah. and, and I, ca- I could, I could easily see. You know, were I to to skip past the God Channel and see someone performing, uh, you know, inevitably with their drums behind one of those plastic shields that, for some <laughs> reason, every single church seems to have. I, they like that they need the real drums, but they don't want them to be too loud. Yeah. Like so, I could imagine a band like covering this in like a church because you know it it would make sense. Though maybe they just have to repeat one of the verses to kind of get it out to a decent mm. length. As I feel bad yeah. though because that element did kind of turn me off the song a little bit like it it, it, it it's, it's a song i can't imagine i'd ever listen to like again out of choice yeah. to be like oh put on princes into the light because it just doesn't <laughs> it doesn't do much for me it, it, it feels like it's, it's a fact that's so overtly religious and i'm nothing against you know people who are religious so that's you know your belief system and whatnot that's fair enough 
But it, yeah. you know, I think maybe from just growing up in the in the nineties during a very you know progressively cynical time towards religion and. <laughs> Where you're seeing like people who are overtly religious, and you're kind of reflected in people like Ned Flanders and stuff like that. To have that kind of thing yeah. shoved in your face is very much like, oh, this is a bit off-putting. I don't, I'm not a fan of this. And also as well, and it, I can't justify this because this will sound like very, you know, <laughs> a very strange thing. But the piano intro reminded me of something like. Uh, sample music you'd get on your phone or something, you know, when you're like, <laughs> like in the music file or you bought a new laptop, like here's some sample music and it'd be something like that. It just didn't strike me as, uh, yeah. a, a, you know, it, it prints at his best, basically. It seems very, uh, I think that's quite strange considering how religious a person he was, but this seems, it feels almost as if it's him flying at half mast. Like he's not, he's not putting it all out there. He's kind of like, oh I mean, yeah, I'll fire out that thing. That's fine. You know, it's, it's that a- is really this album, though. You know, Chaos and Disorder was a contractual obligation. He was trying to get out of his contract by releasing this album. So it does feel like with a lot of these songs that Prince kind of, you know, on the first try, he was like, yep, that will do. Yeah. Oh, there, there <laughs> like, you go. That makes sense then. Because the only, the only part of the song I found gripping was the, uh, you know, the, the, the brighter than gold. But that kind of crescendo up into like, oh, the whole thing's kicked in. That was the only yeah. moment of like, oh, here we go. And then the rest of it's just like, yeah. eh, sorry. It's it's like a, again, it was it kind of struck me as something like, you know, like a Boston song or something like that, only not as good. <laughs> like it just had that kind of, nothing about it struck me as very Prince-like, so. I tell, I tell you this much. Uh, I think it's Tom Scholes is the main guy in Boston. And he was legendary for spending months and months and months on a single song. Um, <laughs> you know, he would literally like there were points where albums missed release dates for like two or three years in a row because he just was such a perfectionist. <laughs> so I don't I don't think he would ever release anything as sloppy as this, where it's like basically the second take and they're, they're kind of done with it. Mm. Um, you know, if this was Boston, this song would be another five minutes longer and it would it would really kind of get into the idea of what near death experience is, <laughs> um, you know. But yeah, I can I can understand that. And obviously, you know, um, uh, Prince at this point, he's not, uh, you know, he's, you know, he's happily married to Maite. Maite is pregnant with their child. Um, You know, his life is, you know, very much on an upswing. In a few years time, he will become more overtly religious than this, like even more like nakedly, (laughs) nakedly religious. You know, he made an album called The Rainbow Children, which is basically part of the doctrine of Jehovah's Witnesses. Uh, Um, It doesn't doesn't sound like you could get more overtly religious than this one. Although hearing hearing other tracks on the album, it's like, oh, well, it wasn't all like this, but... This one does, yeah. It, like it was a kind of like a, a hidden, like it was almost like a split personality hiding behind some of the other stuff. Or, uh. I mean, I think I think the interesting thing is obviously the like Rosie Gaines kind of came back and, and recorded some stuff with Prince, kind of like late '95, early '96, after you know having been at, you know out of the band for a number of years, and I feel like sometimes the addition of her voice kind of does have a tendency to kind of push it towards the kind of gospel direction. Mm. And maybe that's why this song feels a little bit more kind of Christian rock. I think maybe without Rosie's voice in there, it might have still just felt more like a rock song. Yeah. Um, you know, but I mean, you know, I, I it's it's one of those songs that, um, you know, I think it's, it's kind of so short that it doesn't really feel like the ideas have been fully developed. So even though you're saying, you know, obviously there's a religious element that maybe put you a little bit off the song, um, I would, I would, I would think. Well, if Prince had spent a bit longer on this, it would have been even more religious. <laughs> there probably would have been like some gospel chanting and stuff added in there. Like he would have really gone to town on that part. But as it is, it, it feels like it's just kind of a passive mention. Um, you know, just particularly the the way he sings uh, "Glory." 
I mean, I guess that that kind of if you if you know what you know what the glory refers to, I guess you kind of go, oh, this has got religious. But if you know if you're unaware of it, if you're not a religious person, you might just think he just means something's you know it's really good, and he's just saying glory. <laughs> like you know, it's it's one of those things <laughs> yeah, where I like think if you're it, unfamiliar and you you just know like sexy yeah. prince, you're like, is he talking about like a, yeah. glo- a glory hole? Or what what, what, what yeah. is this? <laughs> Maybe maybe he's referring to Maite as the glory, um, <laughs> you know. But, uh, I mean, Prince never performed this song live. He didn't really do that with any of the Chaos and Disorder songs anyway. You know, this was, this was him trying to get out of contract. Um, you know, this is not a song that... You know, by the time we get to the end of this year, he's released Emancipation, and that's 36 songs. Mm. He didn't need to go back and start performing songs of Chaos and Disorder. <laughs> he already had plenty of songs to kind of make up his set lists, you know, by the end of the year. So, you know, and obviously, it should go without saying no one's covered this. Mm. Uh, although, <laughs> you know, maybe maybe there's some church in Atlanta that's probably... Uh, yeah, like, I imagine you, know, you probably will find... Although that's the thing, though. Prince is so... Well, he was so litigious, and his estate probably still is quite litigious, so you never know. Maybe they were trolling... The, Going through the, the yeah. sort of like the Bible belt, going like, "Hey, hey, hey, what's, what's yeah? You're not performing stop, into the light over there, are you? Yeah, yeah. Stop playing this in your church. Um, <laughs> yeah. So uh, I feel like we said about as much as we can about into the light. So let's go to plugs. Is there anything that you wish to plug now? Uh, well, I'll just plug the podcast that I co-host, uh, Bat Minute Eighty Nine. Uh, we're cur- like it's a podcast, much like you know the Star Wars minutes or Indiana Jones minutes, where we're going through. Well, we went through. Tim Burton's 1989 Batman film, One Minute at a Time. Darren, you joined us there at the end to uh, cover Scandalous over the end credits. Uh, and at the minutes, we're on hiatus and uh, we're coming back. I think we just got to rebrand as just flat out Batman because we're coming back to do Batman Returns, One Minute at a Time. It's, I'm very excited about it. Like it's 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 one of those things now. It's just been mounted. It's slow, the slowly mounting sort of like, oh, here we go. Get to dig into this thing because there's so much to talk about with the freakish oddity that you know is simultaneously baffling and brilliant that is batman returns so we'll be doing that that should be out uh amongst some hiatus episodes actually we've uh, recorded a few hiatus episodes we're planning to do some tangentially related batman material and at the minutes we're actually planning to do in the works of doing a review a general overview of purple rain the movie and its sequel. Um, so though those should be they should they might be about by the time this episode. Actually, no, this by the time this episode comes out. But they should be out within the May June period, and then during the summer, Batman Returns minute will or Bat Minute Returns will return, as it were. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so you should tune in and check that out. Oh yes, we're on Twitter under Batminute89 and Facebook and Tumblr and uh, all, all the major social medias. And you can download the podcast through iTunes. And and you can find us on Facebook at Prince Track by Track or you can follow us on Twitter at Prince Podcast or you can email us, not sure why you would, at PrinceTrackByTrack at gmail.com. Unless, of course, your church has performed into the light. Then by all <laughs> means, do email me. Uh, thanks once more for being my guest here, Niall. Oh, thank you for having me. And otherwise, goodbye. Goodbye.